Hi, I'd like to welcome you to our show. I'm your host, Prang Medic. We're talking about life as a child of God and all things related to his kingdom. Thanks for joining us. If you're a new listener to the show, you can find articles and books and other resources on my website, www.prangmedic.com. Now let's jump into this week's show. Joining me on today's podcast is my friend Jeremy Mangersheen. Uh, I'd like to welcome him to the show. Uh, Jeremy, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, praying medic. How are you? You are doing great, and thank you for not <laughs> using my real name. <laughs> I, I almost did. That's why I paused there for a second. But uh, I, I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Thanks for uh, the invite to come chat. Uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun. I, I know we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, Jeremy and I have been voxing each other uh, off and on now for about a week. And uh, every morning I'd wake up with a new message from him on Voxer. I'd send him a message and he'd get a new one and he'd send it back to me. And then one day we just tag teamed on Voxer pretty much the whole day. And we got to know each other pretty well. And it was kind of scary how similar you and I kind of approach ministry and view things. Yes. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Uh, I was really surprised to find someone who uh, views the work that we do through a similar set of eyes, and we tr- we're working on a lot of the same type of life goals and things of that nature. So mm-hmm. it was um, really refreshing for me to be able to talk to you because you gave me a lot of really good ideas and uh, suggestions about things that I might need to change or tweak about the way I'm doing stuff. So it was uh, it was really cool talking to you. This week, yeah, and vice versa. Uh, definitely, a lot of the suggestions that you've given me have been very helpful, and uh, they definitely give me a bump in the right direction. So, you don't really consider yourself to be an author or a writer, do you? Uh, no. <laughs> and that's kind of strange because I do consider you to be a writer and an author, but you don't. So. How do you describe the things that you do? Uh, well, thank you, first of all, for uh, – I take that as a compliment, and it does mean a lot. Um, however, uh, you're correct in saying that I actually do not consider myself a writer, um, and the term author, I guess, does fit, um, but I don't feel like it defines me really in any way. Uh, I say that because there is uh, a lot of people writing books these days, and I find that to be a very, very good thing. I think there's a lot of great revelation that's uh, being released. I think a lot of people are uh, coming into some wonderful new awakening, uh, and and so they have a lot to say, and uh, writing and uh, producing books is a wonderful means through which people can release the message that God's given them. In addition to that, uh, the barrier of entry uh, for uh, writing and creating book projects is kind of easier than it's ever been before. Uh, that's a blessing and a curse in some ways because uh, that good, un, um, untapped sources of content and people with wonderful things to say that maybe – in years past, 
wouldn't have gotten noticed are able to get their content out there to the masses and it can spread like a wildfire. That is a very good thing. On the downside, uh, everybody seems to think that they uh, have something to say. And that <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so, some things are better left unreleased, I believe. Um, and so that it is what it true. is. It, it, but but I, I I'm a firm believer that uh, good content and and good messages will always uh, find their way to the forefront and they will always make their way to the people that need to to receive it with a good push. Um, so you asked me if I consider myself an author or, or a writer. First of all, I I see the two as distinctly different in that there are a lot of people who. Uh, from very early on, have worked on and developed the craft of writing. Uh, they were the uh, the uh, people who excelled in English class. Maybe they were journalism majors or minors in college, and they went on to um, excel in what they do. Perhaps they're journalists. Perhaps they're bloggers like yourself. And then they make their way to writing books eventually, um, or whatever path they take to get there. Those are the people that I consider writers. Uh, I consider a writer somebody who feels that they have a gift for the craft of writing and, in a sense, I wouldn't say dedicates their life, but dedicates some very serious uh, chunks of time in their life to honing and developing the craft, to getting better, um, and, and really it's, it's an art form. Uh, and then there's authors where – uh, oftentimes, authors are writers. More often than not, they are. Uh, however, in, in today's world, as I just mentioned, people like myself who uh, failed miserably in English class growing up, <laughs> who, who, who never had a blog, who never um, really did much by way of, of uh, working on developing the craft of writing – can actually create a book project and write a book. Um, now, I do believe that I have a, kind of a way with words um, and maybe some kind of raw abilities that I've just probably been lazy <laughs> in my life. Um, but I do not consider myself a, a writer. Uh, I am an author. I've written two books um, that I'm, I'm I'm proud of, in a sense. Um, I, I really didn't know, especially the first one, what I was, what I had. Um, and that is because people create things and you never really know what you have because really your viewpoint and, and is oftentimes jaded because uh, you put your time and energy into creating something and of course you like it. If you care, if if you don't hate yourself, you like the things you create, and that's so you have a sense of accomplishment. But until you really put it out there for people to consume, until you put it out there and 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 just let it be um, available for people, you don't really know how it's going to take. Right, uh, you need some objective feedback before you know whether it's legit or not. Yeah, absolutely. If if we were a corporation. We created a product. We were a product development team. We came up with a great new widget. What we would do is we'd put it out, we'd test it in the marketplace, and they have a term called market validation. Did the market validate your product? And right. I, think, I think the same is for like you and I with, with the book projects and the other things that we do is 
uh, is it validated by the marketplace? And to some extent, I feel like it has um, been validated by the marketplace and um, for what it's worth. And that's based, and I base that on just the stories I hear back from people and the testimonies that I get. And really, that was unexpected, and I'm very humbled by it. But um, you asked me if I see myself as a writer. No, what I see myself as uh, is an artist um, and a communicator. And, are, you a uh, are you a graffiti artist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a graffiti artist. I am a... Uh, a visual artist. Um, I, I, you like I, to draw, and and yes. Uh, yes, that's one of your passions. Yeah, uh, it's it's it was a passion uh, until perfectionism kind of kicked in in later years and kind of ruined it for me. <laughs> which which in it, which which afterwards, God has really uh, taught me a lot about the 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 pitfalls of perfectionism and right. how it how it how it hinders creativity. I guess we could talk about that some too, if you want, in a little bit. But um, yeah. I, I think I think uh, the way I see myself is the way a lot of uh, people in the kingdom are really going to start to see themselves. Um, I think that uh, there's so much coming alive within people. Uh, people are awakening to the fact that they're free, and that's amazing. This this kind of legal freedom. Uh, that that God has made them Himself one with them, and that um, that that there's no condemnation and all 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 that stuff. And there's a lot of a lot of teachings out there helping masses of people come alive and realize that. Uh, but if you're like me, once you learn that you're free, and once you hear that, you say, "Okay, well that's great. I'm free. Well now what?" Well, okay, what does that mean for my life? How does that apply to me in my daily life? Um, and so uh, I believe that I'm not alone and that there's a, a, a hordes of people that are going to take that fr newfound freedom and with a great sense of responsibility, with a, um, with a depth of intimacy with God, are going to run forward and, and pull from within themselves uh, amazing new uh, creations, inventions, um, find uh, exciting and creative new ways to release a message. And that's why um, I don't necessarily see myself as exclusively as an author because I think writing books is a great way to release a message. I think it's a, uh, a wonderful avenue for expression of revelation. But here's the thing, in the world we live in, there are uh, an infinite amount of platforms through which a creative individual with an awesome message can let their voice be heard and empower, encourage, and inspire people. And that's kind of the quest I'm on is exploring different ways uh, to be able to be creative uh, in order to uh, reach people to help them, because I love to connect with people in a relational way. And it's crazy that you can actually do that through things like books and other media projects. Um, it's actually possible to connect with people um, on the Internet. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I, I think now I finally understand what you and I were talking about this week is maybe and maybe I need to think bigger. 
because I do tend to see myself more as an author and as, and as a writer. But so the reality is I'm not trying to be a podcaster. And that's a new venue of uh, bringing a message to people. I'm also looking at doing some video instruction. And that's going to, unfortunately, because I'm a, I like to do everything myself, uh, I'm going to probably have to learn how to shoot video and how to edit video and all of those things. I'm very reluctant to turn things over to somebody else. So in order for, in order for me to do that, I'll probably have to learn how to do it myself first. Uh, that, that's funny. I'm the complete opposite. I, I, say, <laughs> I say, how can I, as fast as possible, get someone else to do this because I hate doing it? <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, well that that is interesting because I'm I'm like a do it yourself. I will spend hours, days, weeks learning how to do, learning how to edit, learning how to shoot uh with a camera, learning how to record stuff. I kind of like the process of learning how to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean ultimately it does lead to a lot of frustration. In order for me to even start podcasting, and I don't want this to frighten you, but it took me an entire weekend just to find a plugin for my WordPress website that would actually do the podcasting that I wanted it to do. <laughs> I was looking and searching. That's one of the bad things about, I mean, I like WordPress uh, websites, but the drawback to having a WordPress website is when you want to add some functionality to your website, you have to go and find a plugin that's going to do what you want it to do. And there are a lot of bad plugins out there for all these different things that people you know, have up there. And Trying to find a plugin that actually functions and works well and doesn't have a lot of glitches can be an issue. And then you have to learn how to use it and set it up and all the other stuff, which does take time. Maybe I need to think of myself in terms that are bigger than what I'm seeing myself right now. Because like you, I'm also looking at uh, doing more mentoring and coaching of people. Yeah. And that's another way to uh, help people to uh Get, you know, help your message get out is through that. And that's totally outside the realm of most people who consider themselves authors. Correct. So I th- and, think I understand where you're going with this, don't want to be confined or limited by the uh, phrase author or writer. Yeah, here's the thing. If I really, really just broke it down plain and simple for everybody, and I really want to do this because I think this – realization if people get this because i believe this is where people are headed more and more and more and more is that it once you awaken to god and you get to know god and you develop this intimacy with him this friendship with him then he flips the script on you and turns the tie turns the tables on you and says okay now I'm going to teach you about you, and I'm going to awaken within you the person that you have been hardwired to be with your giftings, your calling, your desires that are just uh, just a formative part of you. And then I'm going to set you loose to do things and, 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 and teach you how to walk in tandem with me as a creator. And so for me, what it all boils down to is it's not the prophetic, it's not healing and things like that, even though I love those things and I would love to talk about those if, if we get to it. Uh, but the thing, that the gift that I realize that I have that nobody else in the world has is Jeremy. And for a long time, I didn't feel good saying that because there was, you know, the condemnation and everything, but I actually feel really good saying that now. And I believe the same goes for you, uh, praying medic and Every single one of these listeners that 
really at the core who they are as a unique person, as an individual, is the greatest gift when they release that uh, generously to the world with authenticity, excuse me, authenticity, and in a genuine way. There is more impact that will that come from that than could come in any other way. So all these other, uh, uh, all these various avenues and modalities that are available to us to communicate ourselves and because we're one with God, right? So when we communicate ourselves, we're communi- communicating God and Jesus and we're being a manifestation of Christ on the earth. There's so many different ways to, to do that. Now, are there some people that, uh, that get honed in on one particular area, like writing books or mastering a podcast? Absolutely. And I would encourage people to do that. Find what works. Uh, find your niche, if at all possible, and invest in, in, in doing that and doing it well. Um, because trying to do everything usually leads to disaster. Uh, because if, if, <laughs> because if you're not focused on one thing, then you're focused on nothing, right? It's how they say if right. you're not talk if you're not talking to a particular audience, and you're not talking to anybody. Uh, so there there is so much wisdom in getting good at uh, one particular type of platform and and and, and mastering that. I think um, there's a lot of truth in that. It's really easy to feel like you're called to do four or five different things simultaneously. And it is really, really hard to do just one thing really well, much less try to do five or six things and master all of them. That's right. But once you, once you master one format, um, it does become easier to branch out into other ones and try to, you know, try your hand at those. But I That's think right. to, uh, to, to kind of be an expert at one thing and then kind of branch out. So, this kind of brings me to my next question, and you said that uh, you were talking about how unique each of us is and how it's kind of cool because Christianity is really as much about God showing us who we are as it is about us learning who he is. It's really kind of a two-way street. You talk about us discovering ourselves, discovering our identity and our purpose, and then finding out what that message is. I think each of us has a unique message for the world. What would you consider to be your main message to people? Yeah, I'm with you 100%. And I think that's it's, it's really difficult uh, for some folks in the church to really grasp the fact of how into us God is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 perfectly self-sufficient in and of himself. So he created us not for his own pleasure. He created us to pull us into his pleasure and and to to help each other communicate to one another what that reality really is and how great it is. And so he's hardwired us with 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 these desires. And um, so for me. It didn't take very long to start operating in what I believe was kind of my core makeup, my core hardwiring. And I realized that when I first became awakened by the Holy Spirit is that I had this longing to uh, relationally connect with God. You see, I came up 
in a world where I wasn't aware that God was into that kind of friendship with us, that kind of extreme connectivity. I'm a dude. I'm very alpha male in a sense. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm type A to the core. But on the flip side of that, I'm also a very relational man. I love to connect with people. And that is my core, my number one gift in the world is it's just the desire. I don't even see it as a gift. I just I love to make genuine connections with people. And God created me that way. And he created me that way also to be able to connect with him in that way. And so for me and him, that's my number one uh, core desire is to relationally connect with God. And um, so you asked what my message was. My message essentially is I consider it kind of three-part message, even though it's way deeper than that and it's more dynamic than that because I see it. It's it's kind of like a funnel that I that 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 people need to go through because if you jump to the end of the funnel and try to do what's on the end of the funnel without going to the beginning of the funnel, uh, you can and maybe there's no condemnation in it, but you, you you're not gonna uh, develop and explode like you can um, because you're gonna you're gonna bang your head up against the wall more than is necessary. So. Uh, first and foremost, I believe it's in our best interest <laughs> and and to, to extract the most joy and pleasure out of life and God. It's to be awakened by the Holy Spirit and understand him in his heart. And I just said for me that I'm a very relationally uh, uh, wired individual. Not everybody's like that. So I'm not foolish to think that everybody's walk with God, everybody's uh, relationship with God has to look like mine. In fact, it shouldn't, uh, because everyone's wired to almost connect with God in a unique way based on who He created them to be. But the but the purpose in that is uh, pursuing relationally uh, with God in in the way that you were wired to. Okay, so for me, it's starting my day uh, before any of the chaos of the world hits me and bombards me before all the data uh, from cell phones and computers and all that stuff starts jumbling my mind and creating a cyclone of confusion, it's sitting quietly, meditating, and um, talking to God and allowing Him to kind of repurpose and realign my thinking and speak to me in clarity. Um, You know, I have people talk to me and say, well, you know, I, I just don't operate that way. I'm I'm a do it type person, you know, a doer. I like working with my hands and I I really speak to God better when I'm working in the garden or in my in my garage, working on my car, building stuff with wood, whatever. And I say, well, then that's awesome. Then do that. And just realize that God's in that fully enjoy it. Have a great time because you know what? That's probably how you were wired to connect with God. Um, now I do see this is a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I do see the world's getting really crazy, and I believe that our minds are being kind of rewired by technology. So even people like that, I do believe there's some benefit to finding ways to start your day not uh, being rewired by technology. I think that's good for humanity across the board, but um, that's as much 
mental as it is kind of spiritual. Um, so uh, I would say the first part of my message would be discovering oneness and intimacy with God and what that looks like for you as an individual based on who you are uh, and then uh, learning how to rest in God. And I, that, that essentially is rest, okay? Learning how to relate there. Because when you realize that, that's where all the gold is. That's where all of the where you tap into the supernatural. That's where you draw from the power. That's where you start to hear the voice of God. And for me, I started seeing visions uh, that I didn't I didn't know people saw visions. And all of a sudden, I started seeing things uh, before they happened. <laughs> and God really blew my mind in a lot of ways. And, and did uh, this come from uh, from finding that rest? That's correct. Okay. That's correct. Do you want me to tell you about that? Yeah. Okay. And then I'll try to get back on the, um, back, back on the, that's right. I like rabbit trails. Okay, Um, cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. And, and I wrote about this in length, uh, in my book, the quitters manual, finding rest in a world gone berserk. (laughs) We're going to talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. No worries. No worries. Uh, another accidental, well, that wasn't necessarily accidental, but I had so many people asking me about, uh, rest and, uh, really the answer to a lot of questions, people would ask me about hearing the voice of God. People would ask me about visions and, and other things. And I basically would say, hey, look, I hate to give you an overly simplified answer because I know that uh, we humans want to make everything so complex and difficult. But the reality for me is that everything comes from rest. Everything comes from realizing what's already within us and silencing all the foolishness in in order to be able to tap into the fullness of Christ within us. And this is how I learned it, because God came to me um, and basically audibly as I was driving across uh, the Causeway Bridge on my way home from work one day and basically said after an encounter at the end of an encounter, he told me, Jeremy, you need to learn how to rest. It's imperative that you learn how to rest. And at the time, I had no idea what that was. I hadn't read that in Hebrews. I hadn't le- heard about rest. And so my response rest was... Is, rest is a very... Um, it's kind of a mysterious subject for a lot of people because even though they know that in their mind that religious practices and religious ideas and striving is not really the way to God, somehow people still end up doing that anyways. <laughs> and rest really eludes a lot of people. It really does. And I, and I help a lot of people realize rest. And part of the key to realizing rest, one of the keys is, is you cease striving. But it's funny how we can turn ceasing striving into striving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, you're, because you tell yourself, okay, well, the major I mean, thing I'm working on this week is not striving. Exactly, exactly. It's like it, it's like we just want to be on the hamster wheel so bad. But rea- the reality is, is that it really is all finished, and um, we really are complete in Him. And it's just uh, realizing how how simple that is. But yeah. so so w- when I asked him, I'm like, when he told me that in the car that day, I said, well, what do you mean, Lord? You mean like go on a vacation? <laughs> Is that what you mean? Yes. And he's like, he said, he said, I'll show you. And then he basically, shoop, basically disappeared. And that was the end of the, um, the encounter. And, um, 
Fast forward a couple months. Uh, me and a friend were meeting before work, and he had the suggestion that we sit still for 20 minutes, and we read Psalm 20, I think it's Psalm 23, Be Still and Know That I'm God, or, or He Leads Me Beside Still Waters, that one. And uh, yep. Yep. I mean, we just kind of read that just just because, and uh, sat there for 20 minutes, didn't pray, all right, didn't do any of that, just sat still and tried to focus on the fullness of God within us. And for me, that was torturous <laughs> because <laughs> because I was I was addicted to chaos. I was addicted to noise. I was medicated for high blood pressure uh, because of uh, my inner inner craziness um essentially and i hated silence it freaked me out i didn't really understand why i wasn't even really aware that it freaked me out but it did and so 20 minutes seemed like an impossible task so i'm sitting there in the first 10 minutes trying to be still and just pay attention to god i realized how many things kind of were floating around in my subconscious mind and you realize real quick how uh, all over the place you are. So you need to email this person. You need to do this. You need to do that. Pot started just those kind of thoughts were flying through my head. And about 10 minutes in, I was getting so frustrated because I was almost starting to twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, Lord, I, I don't know what I'm doing. This is, this, this sucks. <laughs> Excuse my language, but, um, I'm just going to give up. I'm not I'm not even going to try to rest. I'm just going to sit here. I, I, I would please just take over and do this for me. And I just sat there. And over the next couple minutes, a cloud, my eyes were closed, a cloud. I could see kind of like in the spirit from within me, a cloud started coming up from kind of uh, my torso, kind of, where, you know, my, my stomach. And it was coming up and it was coming up and up and up and up. And the cloud had substance to it. It was thick and it was really, really heavy, but it, it had a very tangible joy to it. It had a presence, but it also came with a feeling of peace. So it was really scary because it was I, I didn't know what it was doing, but it felt good. So I was like, okay, please keep coming. So it got higher and higher and higher up towards my head. And as it got, got up towards my head, I asked God, I was like, Lord, are you going to kill me? Uh, and I was, I was genuinely wondering whether I was going to die because it had so much presence to it. And I wondered if it was going to drown me <laughs> or, or just kind of snuff me out. Somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't answer me. It just kept getting higher and higher and higher and higher out, and it, until it came out of the top of my head. And when it when it came out of the top of my head i was gone i was i was overcome with a peace and an inner stillness that i had never experienced before in my life and while he didn't kill me it was the first time that i'd ever really realized that i was dead in christ and that i was alive in christ and that he was alive in me and it was the first time that that reality uh, that had ever really been a reality for me. And what I experienced that day was so profound and so impactful that I started doing that every day, every morning. Uh, I started just practicing that. 
And that, in those times in the morning, is when I started to hear the voice of God for the first time. It's where I started seeing visions. And since I was unfamiliar with all this, the Lord told me to begin to journal. And I said, why? I hate the journal. I absolutely hate it, and I don't even know how to do it. And he said, well, you're going to want to write these things down because you're not going to want to forget them. And so I did, and now I have a stack of 12 journals. The first one became a book. Well, really, the second one did too, essentially. But um, So rest is, to me, I tell it to people like this. It's when people ask me about power, about hearing the voice of God, about seeing visions and things like that, and then kind of ask for instruction, I pull a Mr. Miyagi on them. And here's what I mean by that. Because if you remember the movie Karate Kid, you remember Daniel was getting beat up and whatever, he moved into town and he was having trouble with his with, 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 the, with the teenage punks picking on him. And so he goes to Mr. Miyagi because he wanted to learn how to fight and defend himself. And he, and he finally was able to convince Mr. Miyagi, uh, the old wise man who knew uh, the ways of martial arts, to, and he, he convinced him to, to teach him how to fight. And so the first thing Mr. Miyagi did was as he put Daniel's son to work. He, he renamed him Daniel's son. He put him to work. He put a paintbrush in his hand. He said, go paint my fence. And use these motions up and down. And then he put a sponge in his hand and he said, okay, go wax my car. He had a classic car. And he used these particular circular hand motions, wax on, wax off. Everybody knows wax on, wax off. And Daniel's, Daniel's son got frustrated because he's like, dude, what's the deal here? You're going to teach me how to fight. And what Mr. Miyagi was teaching him was he was teaching him how to work. So he thought. Until the very end of the movie when he's fighting his nemesis in the ring and he finally gets a chance at revenge and he gets beat down and he finally picks himself up off the mat and all of a sudden he remembers those movements uh, that Mr. Miyagi taught him. Wax on, wax off. And he utilizes those movements, defeats his foe and is victorious. He gets the glory. He gets the girl. I think he gets the girl. Um... But to, to, so Mr. Miyagi tricked Daniel's son into learning how to fight by teaching him methods uh, Mr. Teacher does. And so what he did is he took me through this training program of learning how to rest because really that's where all the quote-unquote stuff is realized. So this morning, um, it won't be the morning that this podcast is broadcast, but uh, today is February 25th. I posted a story on the website, which is a dream from Ken Nichols, where Jesus came to him in a dream. And Ken has been very interested in healing for many years. And uh, so Jesus comes to him in a dream and is teaching him about healing. And he says, Ken, you're so tense. Why don't you relax a little bit? <laughs> because, this, you, you know, you, need to, you really need to learn how to relax and have fun doing this. And uh, so Jesus is basically instructing him on healing from this position in his mind of being relaxed and at ease and not so tense and not stressed out. And I think a lot of people, even myself, you know, it's difficult for us to kind of just let go of all of our own, you know, concerns and presuppositions and stuff and uh, get into that place where we really are kind of relaxing and resting. 
Yeah. No. But once you once you find that that rest and and you learn how to just be and let God uh, do His stuff through you, as opposed to trying to work it up or whatever, it's so much uh, it's so much better than any other way of uh, trying to do these things. Yeah, it's 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 kind of clearing the channel for release of everything. It, get, yeah. it, get, it, get, it essentially gets all of our foolishness out of the way. And and hear me say that I think there's some people that are just naturally relaxed people uh, by nature, and they're pretty chill. I'm chill, but I'm very intense at the same time. I'm often <laughs> okay. I'm often accused of being an intense person. So for anybody listening. You could say, "Well, Jeremy, this just comes natural to you." No, it really doesn't. This is, <laughs> this is you know, this is this is supernatural. Um, and if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. If, if, if I can learn to be chill and rest, then anybody can. That's kind of like my tagline, you know, being a former atheist and and uh, having no history with God. I just tell people, "Look, if I can learn how to heal the sick, and if I can learn how to give a prophetic word, if I can learn how to see visions, anyone can." Because I was the least qualified candidate to do any of that stuff. Totally. But he he really is good at teaching us how to do stuff. Now I want to go back and talk a little bit about your books. So the your first book, the longest bridge across water. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to make your you know ego get all swollen or anything. But you know how I feel about that book. I absolutely love that book. I think it was just brilliant. It's actually one of the best books I think I've ever read, uh, bar none. Um, and you said that you have a stack of journals, which basically sort of became that book. Were you actually writing in journals every day the things that were going on, and then oh look there they are. There's a stack of journals. That's cool. uh, some of them. Yeah, some of them were. Were you also um, writing on your phone and keeping notes on your phone and journaling and then transcribing it into the – because I'm interested in the process of how you actually develop all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay. So, well, first of all, thanks so much uh, for for that. It means a lot to hear uh, that that you enjoyed the book. Um, As far as Jeremy and process – Process is important, and there's a lot of ways to streamline processes and benefit people. Anybody listening that for, uh, plans to self-publish a book, don't ever try to do things the way I did them because <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do things backwards often, and it's not the right thing to do, which is cool because now I actually help people and I answer questions for a lot of people looking to write books and to self-publish books. And the advice I give is usually not what I did. It's what is what I probably should have done. Um, so, yeah, I did a lot of writing on uh, my phone. And part of that's because the first book, The Longest Bridge Across Water, I wasn't intending to write a book. I was, I was taking a lot of the things in uh, my journals that God had taught me, and I was – an effort to crystallize my thought process and and really um, see what was there and, and just get us just it's a lot. I mean, when you have when you have twelve two hundred page uh, eight by eleven uh, sketchbooks with no lines filled with revelation from God, that's a lot. 
it's it's a whole lot it's a whole lot for an individual to try to um to, to, to move forward with there because stewarding revelation is a very important thing and so continuing to get more and more and more and more revelation without uh, gaining a good understanding of what you've learned and then how to express it and release it oh, doesn't okay. really benefit. Okay, hang on right there. <laughs> so, uh, rabbit trail, short rabbit trail. Yes. Yes. Do you believe that how you steward the revelation you receive determines future revelation and where how it's going to come to you and is there a connection with that because i know a lot of people who are very frustrated and they don't feel like they're getting much revelation and i tell people look when you get dreams or when you see visions you need to write them down you need to journal them and you need to pray over them and you need to ask for more right uh because i just think how you steward the revelation you get determines the revelation you're going to receive in the future in a, in a yeah, sense, it, it does. It's a, it makes perfect sense. And I don't know how much of that is God, like controlling the revelation spigot, or whether it's us clogging the spigot, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I know different people have different opinions about that. I'm frankly, I'm unsure. I tend to think it's the latter. I tend to think it's us more than him. I think, I think it probably is too. I think the more you pay attention to the revelation and steward it and uh, let it soak into who you are and become who you are. It just opens up the spigot wider, and you're just receiving more. And it's not like I, I don't. I'm like I don't think the restriction is on God's end. I think most of it's on our end. It's just, I think it's self-imposed for for most people. Yeah, I do too. I really do too. And I think I think there's something to be said for being a good steward of what you've received, um, not from like a works or like striving standpoint, as much as it is. There's a whole lot of juice that can be extracted out of, out of, out of things, and, and I'm realizing that now for myself because putting out <laughs> new things, and, and and I'm like, well, well, I'm moving fast, I'm moving forward, but uh, I'm leaving a lot of possibilities behind to further help people, and um, and so I'm really trying not to do that. Um, I, I see revelation as a three-step process, and I believe people get stuck in in stage two. And and um, keep going back to stage one. I have a teaching on that um, based on the life of Jeremiah, and I call it three stages of revelation. Um, uh, catch it, get it, give it. Um, and I give the example from Jeremiah 1 where, uh, and this is a trademark teaching, people, by the way. <laughs> so if you're going to teach this to somebody else, he has to get royalties from it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, it's actually going in the book I'm working on. So, oh, is it? Um, if, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's funny be, because in the book that I'm working on, I also huh? teach from Jeremiah one. Oh, that's because, sweet. Because see, this is the crazy thing. Because when God first started speaking to me through dreams and visions, He actually showed me Jeremiah one, where Jeremiah saw the. The, the kettle that was boiling and all that stuff. He was speaking to me about the process I was going through and relating it to what Jeremiah went through. Same here. Isn't that crazy? Hey, man, it's crazy. It's almost like we know the same God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what else is crazy? In your book, Longest Bridge Across Water, your last chapter was about greater works. Mm -hmm. The last chapter in my first book was about greater works. And I had never... Yeah seen your book and you had not seen mine when we wrote them. It just happened wow. to be that way. So you related to Jeremiah. Uh, uh, catch it. Catch it, get it, get it. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, because it starts out where he sees the vision, um, and God says, well, what do you see? And he just repeats back to what he saw. That's it. Right. So he he caught it, okay? And then God comes back to him, shows him another vision, and then says, what do you see? And Jeremiah conveyed what he saw, and then God said, you saw correctly, like he did the first time, and he said, well, this is what that was. So he got it. So right. there's a differentiation between catching it and getting it. Okay. The getting it is the understanding what it actually means. That's correct. That's correct. So I see this a lot, and this is this is a very prophetic message I'm giving uh, because a lot of people need to hear this. A lot of people, all they want to do is catch it. Yep. And so, so many people get words of knowledge, and then they don't know what in the heck to do with it because they're not trained in the art of of gaining understanding from God. So they get stuck in between one and two, go back to one over and over again. I got to keep seeing new things. I got to keep seeing new things, but I don't even really understand what it is. And um, then uh, the third part is where uh, God says, okay, now he comes back to him and he says, now go release this message um, to the people. And that was right after that. So that's give it, catch it, get it, give it. So after you understand it, then God will lead you to express it. Or really, under the New Covenant, I believe that once you get it, then really there's a lot of freedom to give it generously. And even if you don't have direct leading from God like that, just go spill it everywhere. Go, go love the heck out of people with it and release it to as many people as you can using wisdom and discernment and you know judgment accordingly. Now, um, I see gradually from one to three, I see people fall off. <laughs> so, and so it, so I think there's a lot of wisdom to be gained in the body. Um, and, and I think I see another thing happen too, and this is also prophetically speaking, and I've got to be careful how I say this because I really have no interest in kind of condemning any people. And I don't mean it in this way at all, but I do mean it to help people. Um, I see a lot of voices in, in, in Christianity in various different streams. Um, what they do is these, these people process revelation publicly. And what they do is they skip step two and they publicly release something that they haven't even really processed with God over time. Right. It, and I'm somebody who... Um, I've been guilty I, of doing that, I think. I, we all have, okay? I, I have too. And so that, that's why there's no condemnation on it, and right. I'm not pointing fingers. But I think there's some wisdom to be learned, and God's been teaching me that. And that's why you know, things that I'm getting ready to start talking about more are things that I've been sitting on for two years right. because I've, I've learned that lesson myself. Um, and, I, and I don't think it's intentional. I don't think anybody's doing those things to, 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 to harm anybody. And I'm not even a fear monger. I don't like the be careful stuff. But I think sometimes people forget that there's a lot of people listening to them and that sometimes it's not good to pull people through a roller coaster of revelation that may or may not even be real revelation. Yeah. Um, well, part of it also, I think, is immaturity. I think that there are some really super gifted people out there right. who have not yet kind of grown in their understanding of the ways of God where they understand okay it's one thing to get a series of visions or a dream it's something completely else to understand what the message is there 
how it relates to God's plan, how it represents his heart, and bring all that stuff together before you actually talk about it publicly. And that's the part that I'm going through. Um, I'm learning uh, how to get part, you know, part two before I go to number three. And right. That's, and that's just, a, uh, I think it's a part of the process of maturing. Yeah, I'm with you. And the same for me as, as God matures me. It's, 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 I think um, we're on a parallel journey in that. Now, there's also – it really helps people to see under the hood as well because seeing somebody process things can also help that. So I think maybe the, the wiz, there's wisdom in saying, okay, look, this is something I'm processing through that I haven't nailed down. Um, I think I think sometimes where it gets a little bit sketchy is when it, when it, when you know maybe somebody's in step two saying this is this is how it is this is truth <laughs> right. and you and you're saying well maybe it is maybe it isn't I don't it you know that's that's up to people to 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 see if it bears witness to their spirits or not I guess but yeah I I will a lot of times take revelation that I get and I will put it out there publicly not declaring it as this is the word of the Lord, but just because I'm interested in seeing if anyone else is receiving similar revelation. I'm really looking more for confirmation about what I'm receiving in the larger context of what the body of Christ is, is, is also seeing. And it's, it's really amazes me sometimes how often I will have a dream about something and I'll put it out there on social media, and I'll have five or six people who will message me saying, wow, that's crazy. I had a dream that was almost identical, or I had God gave me a vision or something, or, or I received a prophetic word that has to do, to do with the exact same subject. Because you know, a lot of times God speaks to one person about something he speaks to a lot of people about. So I think it's, it can be valuable to just to get confirmation sometimes as you're going through the process of <clears throat> trying to determine you know exactly what that thing is all about 100 percent back to the longest bridge <laughs> this is because we're rabbit trailing like crazy here so you did not go through the conventional process of writing that book like most people would and you took yeah. a, a roundabout way because you're, you're probably just a reluctant writer who didn't really understand that this was going to turn into a book to begin with yes and i and i was it was the same for me when I wrote my first book, I had no idea it was going to be a book. I didn't want to write a book, didn't want to be an author, didn't want to publish anything. And I had all these friends saying, you know, you really need to take these little articles and things that you're writing and you need to turn them into a book. So it was kind of a backwards process for me, too. Yeah, I like backwards processes, even though they make life more difficult. And I don't recommend it on anybody else. But I've I've just come to realize that um, being the personality that God has made me. I even took a course recently which describes how people function, not a personality, but how you function. And there's four categories, and the category that I threw the charts in is called a quick start. And it's basically an entrepreneurial um, approach to everything where you don't, where you're not a fact finder, where you don't do much planning you just go <laughs> and so I, I i accidentally go all the time and that's really when where the where the magic happens for me it's where it's where when i get bogged down with the fact finding with the planning that i get frozen and um so i think 
I think it's important to know yourself, really. I think it's important to know how you operate and operate accordingly. Um, I think people have various different modes of operations. And so, like you had asked me, yeah, I just started pecking away on my thumbs, on my iPhone, on Google Documents, um, at the gym, in between sets, just putting together uh, little essays or whatever, um, taking this revelation and these encounters that I had and these uh, stories and revelation and just putting it down on paper. Um, before I knew it, I had, a ma- I had basically a manuscript and I was sitting here in my office and I had a friend come in and I pulled up the Google Doc on my phone and I said, I think I have a book here or something. <laughs> and I started scrolling through and it just kept going and going and going and going and going and going and going. Right. And it was 85,000 words. Yeah. That, so, that's, a, that's a book by my standards. Yeah, me too. Me too. Even though my editor cut it in half, which I was going to say, cause yeah, you didn't end up with anywhere near that. Long no, ago. no, no, no. And, and so at that point I said, it, it was okay. I have a manuscript here. God, what do I do with it? Um, so the writing part, the, the initial writing part was easy in a sense. Now, the creation of the project was very difficult. <laughs> and so that's why one of the big reasons why I keep telling Praying Medic that I'm done, I'm retiring, because I have to get past the pain of the process of the first one before I'm willing to do another one. I have to forget how much it drives me nuts. <laughs> that's kind of funny because when I posted an excerpt from one of the books and I was talking about the process of going through the editing with my editor, Lydia, he said, yeah, that reminds me all too much about why I don't like writing books. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I, I, I love I love helping people. I love connecting with people. I don't write books for myself by any means. It's not some it, – okay, I didn't, I didn't have some bucket list in life of accomplishments so that Jeremy would feel like he's – you know, king of the world. <laughs> if I if I did, book would never be anywhere on the list. Okay, right. so, um, you know, and the second one happened just because people were asking me a question, and uh, and I thought, okay, well, it's probably easier if I just make it into a short book, so that when I get all these questions, I can just say, hey, uh, you know, it's great to connect with you. Thanks for your question. It's a great question. I happen to create a resource, a book. <laughs> That answers your question. You should go check it out. You, you did the same thing I did. So when I first got on Facebook back in 2009 or 2008, I forget when it was, um, I started learning about the supernatural and learning about dreams and visions and then got into healing and all the other stuff. And I had all these people who were asking me all these questions like, well, how do you do this? And what about when this happens? And I don't understand this process. And can you explain this to me? And I had all these private messages, people asking me all these questions. And a lot of them were the same ones over and over. So I finally <laughs> decided, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to write an article. And what, would ha- what inevitably happened was I would answer somebody's questions. Um, when I had the answer to a question, it ended up being four or five paragraphs. And I thought, well, you know, that would make a really good standard kind of a stock answer for this type of question. Right. So I saved it on Facebook as a note. And uh, when I get another question, I'd write out an answer to the person. I'd send it to them in a private message. And then I'd create a note based on that answer to that question. And then I get another question. I'd write another note based on what I answered that question. And so I kept answering these questions, writing all these Facebook notes. And by the time I had about – and I would take the notes and public – 
publicly post them on Facebook and have my friends would leave comments and stuff. Well, that whole process of answering people's questions and writing a note based on it and then posting it publicly for discussion, that's actually how my first book came about. Uh, by the time I had 20 of these Facebook notes, people said, you know, this would make a pretty good book if you just like organized it and pulled it together and did a little editing in there. And, you know, and I was like, I don't want to write a book. Are you crazy? I'm not a writer. Right. <laughs> but they kind of just forced me enough to say, oh, OK, fine, I'll, I'll I'll look at doing this. But, um, yeah, so this it was kind of the same process for you. You basically said, look. You want to learn about rest and all this stuff here. <laughs> all my ideas, just read this. And it's kind of cool um, because, I mean, it's, it's just an interesting process about how things can happen sometimes. Yeah, it really, really is. And um, <laughs> I envy you in the sense that the organization of content, I mean, that's really what a lot of it is. It's It's taking ideas that are either already written or in your heart or in your mind and for lack of a better term packaging them in ways that people can understand them and and for me that's one of the most frustrating things in the world because uh you don't even like the term packaging no i don't even like the word packaging uh yeah exactly but I, I'm, I'm a very, very abstract thinker, very abstract thinker, and not everybody appreciates that and thinks that way. And I don't. I have, I'm, I'd say to be pretty concrete in my thinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I have friends that tell me, you know, like the longest bridge across the water. We loved it. It was great, but uh, you need uh, like a guidebook. You need steps. <laughs> a work, <laughs> yeah, a workbook, a workbook. And, and and I heard the same feedback from a publisher. <laughs> that's a whole nother story. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a rabbit trail we need to go down, but, um, so that's another reason why I just have to be me. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I'm not ever going to try to be somebody I'm not, I'm not ever going to try to communicate in a way that's not natural to me. And so I think because of that, I think eventually, like, I never run out of content. That's something that I have. My wife's like, do you ever run out of stuff? And I'm like, no, never. It's just a never. That's, just that's a, a freaky reality, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I always have something to say. And so, I know. I, I sit here. When I tell people that I'm working on seven different books at the same time, people are like, are you serious? I'm like, yes, actually, I am serious. I I, I have so many little things running around my brain all the time, I don't have enough time to write them all down. Yeah. I far, far, far do I, I receive more revelation ideas than I can ever write down in a lifetime. It okay, just so isn't time to do it. Okay, so here's an interview question for you. Do you do you process things better in your head or do you do you have to process them verbally? I, I actually do a lot of external processing, okay. um, which really annoys my wife sometimes. Because... <laughs> because I, I will get these ideas, and I have to talk about them with somebody most mm-hmm. of the time. I'm the so same she, Yeah, so Sheila and I will talk a lot, and she's my first-line editor. Mm-hmm. Um, once she and I talk about stuff, 
And that helps me kind of flesh it out. It helps me kind of connect the dots and pull the ideas together and see how they all relate to each other. Sometimes, although I'm able to sit down at a computer and literally write for an entire day uh, without any interruption or any discussion with anyone, when I back in October, when I took a 10-day vacation from work, I took five of those days and got up at uh, sunrise and I got a cup of coffee, sat at the computer, and the ideas just flowed, and I just wrote. I wrote about four to 5,000 words a day for five days in a row, and that's all I did. I just got up in the morning, got my coffee, wrote for about three or four hours, had lunch, uh, and then got back to the computer, wrote some more, had some more coffee, wrote some more, and I did that every day for five days. And, and my wife hardly ever heard from me the whole time. She's <laughs> over there doing her thing, and I'm just writing, 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 just like this writing storm. And I actually got half a book written in five days. It's 20,000 words. Wow. So I'm, I, I have the ability to sit down and just really focus and uh, flow revelation into something and just let it go and not process it externally. I just let it – but then after you get it all written – then comes the processing because after it's after the rough ideas are down, then I have to go through and talk with somebody. And go, okay, this needs to be edited. This needs to be changed. This isn't quite the way it, you know I, I wanted it to come out or whatever. So there's always some kind of an external processing in there somewhere. And I'm guessing you're the same way. About the external. Yeah. 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 I'm a. I am a. Uh extrovert to the through and through yeah me too (laughs) so yeah so you know the thought of eight hours of writing in a row i i I would i'd rather slam my head through a wall (laughs) 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 Uh, i enjoy working early in the morning or late at night but because i get up early in the morning i prefer to do uh early in the morning because by nighttime i'm very tired um, I get up at four and hang out with God, you know, do whatever he wants to do, whatever we do. And then there's still plenty of time left before the world starts. And I love that. So I like to crank things out. Usually the great thing about that is for me, that's the best time to tap into the flow state that you talked about because my mind hasn't been diluted by everyone else's thoughts and opinions. Right. And I think for a creative person, I think that's the most important thing you can do because to some extent, all of us are kind of a conglomeration of thoughts and ideas that we maybe picked up somewhere else. So the, the fact that we're all completely original is probably impossible. But I think there's some people who know their voice and there's some people who don't. And I think when you know your voice and you know what your message is and what you have to say – you don't want it to be diluted with um, other outside people's voices, influ- outside, outside influences. influences. All right, so that is a perfect segue into our next <laughs> section. Dude. So I wanted to—it's amazing how you're just like flowing with exactly where I want to go. I want you to talk a little bit about developing your voice, mm-hmm. and I also wanted you to talk a little bit more about the Quitters Manual. But let's, as long as you brought you know brought up the subject of developing your voice. That's one of the things that's really difficult for people to do for is to separate the influences that we have from other people and develop our own unique original way of expressing ourselves. 
All right. Are you ready for me to preach? Go, Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, uh, okay. Can, can, can we take about a one-minute break? break? Some co- I'll, I'll go make some coffee, and we can come back here in a minute. Okay, because this, this is so And exciting. that will bring part one of our conversation with Jeremy to a close. Be sure to join us for part two because we have a lot more ground to cover. You can find part two in the podcast archives. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't been to my website, you might drop by and check out the articles I have there. If you have any questions or comments about this show, you can contact me at admin at prayingmedic.com. That's A-D-M-I-N at prayingmedic.com. I'd like to thank you again for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed the show.